I want people to understand that there's so much to life, whether you're the CEO or the janitor. Given everything you do at 150% will change your mindset and your perception of what you're doing. This week, Tim was featured on the Dads Who Lift podcast, hosted by Joel Staley and Tyler Gaeta. The show touches on all subjects fatherhood, financials, and fitness. Tim being both a dad and a serial entrepreneur. This is a very insightful episode you're not going to want to miss. Welcome to Forever, man. Let's go. You're now tuned in to the Dads Who Live podcast. I'm Joel Staley with my co-host Tyler Gaeta. And in this episode, we'll be talking to Tim Rexius, owner of Rexius Nutrition, co-owner of Iron Heaven Gyms. And we'll be talking about what it's been like to be a serial entrepreneur and a certified dad who lives. You can also check us out if you like these sweet, the sweet apparel that we've been wearing during the podcast. You can also get this stuff at www.dadswholiftapparel.com. Tim, welcome to the show, man. Welcome to Rexius Studios. What do you think? Oh, this is awesome, man. I've never been on this side of the desk, so uh, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of jacked up. You guys have a really good view here, Chad. I think I'm getting kind of screwed over on the other side of the table. So this is awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. No, thanks for coming on. And uh, for those that don't know, Tim lets us use his studios until our studios now up and running. Studio. Yep, now we're never studios, Omaha, Nebraska. So. You got a lot going on, man. I don't want to do yeah. you a disservice of giving the intro because you got supplement stores, you got mm-hmm. gyms. I know you have a laundry list of other stuff going on I don't even know about. <laughs> so can you just give us the uh, the 101 on Tim Rexius? Uh, he started uh, Rexius Nutrition nine and a half years ago right here in Omaha, Nebraska. with my first shop, and we just opened up our 25th location in our ninth state, uh, which would be Dallas, Texas, about four weeks ago. Uh, we actually opened two locations in the last six weeks, so it's it's kind of going crazy. Now we're looking in Florida right now and a few other states and three other stores going. So that's awesome. And then I parlayed that into Iron Heaven Gyms with Nick Langer, who was working for me at the time. And we opened up one location. Then let's open, up a, let's open up a second location. Okay. And I talked to him. I, you know, we kind of talked him into it. And then we doubled the size of the first one. And then yeah, about a year and a half ago, I started a company called Vital Health International, OPP Protein Popcorn. We have about 25 SKUs. And didn't tell anybody it was mine until this last September when the Olympian launched. I wanted to make sure it was uh, growing on its own merits, not based on my name. And we have it in about 25 states now. Amazon is actually distributing the popcorn for us and getting a lot of attention. We actually went international about six weeks ago to Australia. Um, so that one's that's the big new one. It's kind of fun. So it, it's, I've uh, tried it too. It tastes it amazing. tastes you know. And then they're making really vitamins. Why all these gummy vitamins? I'm like, I got six kids. You know how hard it is to get these kids to eat vitamins? My kids actually love work. the gummy vitamins. Or well, my son. Rather. Well, well, my wife eats the kids ones because then she gets to have four instead yep. of two from the adults. So I'm like, well, whatever gets it done for you. But yeah, we worked on those for about a year and a half, two years, six hundred batches worth of stuff in our kitchen until we figured out the formulas and. Now it's going crazy. We got a few other things. And now whenever podcast kind of took off like a bat out of hell, just always wanted to do it, didn't know how to do it. I talk a lot. Chad over there, who been my boy since first grade, was like, you do talk a lot. Let me put it on camera. And we did. And, you know, we gained like 10,000 followers on Instagram in about four months. And wow. YouTube went from nine to 2,000 and change in about three months and just exposed. I mean, one, one of the guys we got on our show, I mean, he, he shared the podcast on his and had 7,000 views in a day. Wow. So Was it's it, been cool. Um, yeah. John Meadows. John Meadows. And we're actually be interviewing Seth Ferrochi here from Axe and Sledge out in Pittsburgh in February. Um, and he's got a couple million followers and he's agreed to share it as well. So it's been cool. It's just been, you know, it's more or less just my way of paying it forward to other business owners and entrepreneurs. Absolutely. No, be, be the person you needed at that age. And I didn't know shit from shit at that point in time. Literally, like every mistake made was made by me. So I'm a pretty good testament about how to not screw up, I guess. That, trial and error. You know, trial and error. Just screw yep. up and then how to, how to pick yourself up. So that's School uh, of hard knocks. Yeah. And I, promise, I, I promised my wife no new businesses until 2021. I'm trying to hold to that. I gotta, <laughs> what do you got your eye on? Uh, I have this as seen on TV product I've been dreaming about for about nine years. It's actually on my board out there that I want to launch in the next year. So your we're vision doing, board? Yeah. 
Nice. So I always have, and that's that's my number one on the list. And so I've been working on that for about six months, and I probably shake won't. weight two point oh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I actually bought a shake weight for my Center Street store. Everybody's like, "Does that really work?" I'm like, "No, it was a gag gift for like a Christmas." But I got my boys back there shaking, and I'm like, "Yeah, don't do that behind the counter. You're gonna get my arrested." Oh, the best is, is the dudes in the sauna. You shake shaking, weight and you're yeah, sweating, you know. Yeah. I love those commercials. They're the greatest thing ever. No, I mean, I've seen just it so, in the actual gym. Oh, in the shot on oh, the yeah. with the shake weights. Well, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of got back into asking on TV because you don't have to be on TV now. Social media allows yeah. us access to that stuff 24-7, 365, and it's free. You'll never hear me complain about the algorithm on social media. It's free. Shut up. It's not like TV you had to pay for it. You know what I mean? Like right. this, this allows anyone to hustle 24-7, 365. So I guess all I'm doing is taking advantage of it. Creates big there. opportunities for people. Oh, tons. Yeah, if, you can't make money, if you can't make money today, society, yep. that's on you. Yep. 100% on you. So, yep. but, yeah, back, back in the day, without the internet, without email, I mean, you had to actually physically call somebody. You had to wait. You had to write a letter. And wait days to get a response. Now everything's just so. Oh, quick, you know, I look back you know? to like my grandfather uh, on the Rexy side was he was he was a straight hustler, did really yeah. well, you know. And I look back and I'm like, you know, when he was a dad and he had six, seven kids, and then you know how that worked out. Like they had to do it between the confines of Monday through Friday and eight to five while they're working a full time job. So yeah. having a side hustle was impossible. And I mean, they would just shit and themselves. Everything just took so they, damn long. Oh, and now you can do it twenty four seven three from your phone. Yeah, like you don't even have to go places. Now I still think you need to, but I mean, it's multifaceted. But I mean, it, there's no excuses. Left. I mean, that's just it. I There's mean, something to be said for being in person. Oh, know, there to, is. To I, have we have a, we have a multifaceted approach with every company. Yep. I'm really hard to say no to in person. Yeah. But you got to back it up, multifaceted, right. and that's that's Absolutely. what allows. Which allows me to be able to do business and still be around my kids as much as I I want to be. Um, when I have six, I have six kids, so uh, that keeps me quite. I have three daughters, so I got to stay swole, and that's why I work out. So. <laughs> let's we, all let's get into what got you on the map, though. The supplement industry mm -hmm. what got you into starting your own supplement lines and honestly i worked at gnc in college i went in there about nine times to get a job when i was in high school and a college right when i was going into college i guess and i was spending so much money there i was just looking for a discount really <laughs> and uh i knew the owners and he's like ah, i'm not gonna hire you i'm like oh you will and so i just kept going there every day. i'm like i'm gonna keep annoying you finally give me a job and started working there and I, I guess when i was in business college i really went to college to play sports i really didn't go there for education i'm being perfectly honest i thought most of the professors were completely full of shit so um business school a, a 101 but do you have um, a college degree i have a I have several degrees yeah uh, okay. so i when i went back in the real world i my companies paid me to go get uh, nice. master's degrees so um so my master's in biomechanical engineering my master's in neurolinguistic programming so um, that, that's, uh, we'll get into that in a second, but we, um, so I had this business plan in college and my own nutrition shop cause it was cheap ass and the internet was just starting to boom. You know, you saw your bodymillion.coms come out and I'm like, you never know where, how long it's been there. You never know what's going to show up. You're paying for shipping. You still want to talk to the bro at the shop who actually is taking the stuff, you know, and you weren't getting that at the big corporate stores. And so I had this plan and the highest grade I got on it was a D. Um, and, uh, so obviously I couldn't get financing for it. So I had to go get a real job and. I sold some guy some supplements and he said I was really full of shit and he offered me a job. So I, I took it and uh, that's how I got to work in the chemical industry with the government and the FDA and the EPA and uh, moved very quickly up the ladder. Uh, corporate America, traveling 40 weeks a year, 200 flights a year. It was it was awesome experience, but it told me exactly what I didn't want to do. I didn't want to work with the suit. Did not, uh, was terribly unhealthy. I mean, I was working so much on the road, I didn't even work out. I went from, you know, getting my shot at the NFL to being literally 80 pounds overweight, like 35% body fat. Had, by the time I was 29, I was on six or seven different medications for ulcers and all sorts of stuff. And finally said enough was enough. So when Facebook first came out. It happened quick. Man. Well, it happened quick, dude. Yeah, like you go from working out quick. and training every day to literally <clears throat> on the road, being unhealthy, eating like crap, gas station food, hotel food, you know, it, it happened pretty quick. And yep. if I would have had the will for it, I probably would have, but first time dad. And so then I'm just throwing anything I could get down the gullet because I was hungry and I'm very sympathetic. So I was like, you know, my kid's getting food. I want food. And, right. Um, I think it was in Facebook. I first got Facebook in my 10 year high school reunion. Um, and I suddenly put up on Facebook and I was like, God, who ate me? <laughs> what? Who is that large gentleman that has my same haircut? And I was like, screw this. I lost 80 pounds in probably six months and got back into it. And I was kind of getting sick of the corporate world, dusted off the old business plan. I'm like, I'm just young enough and dumb enough to do this at 29. And so I literally sold everything I owned, put it all in the shop on 120th and Center, cut my salary by 80% and said, you know, my grandpa used to say this, if you don't bet on you, no one else will either. So I did it. And uh, the first six months sucked. It was horrible. Shane Yeager was my employee at GNC back 
in North, like, you know, 10, 15 years previously. And so I ran into him at the gym, actually. It's funny, funny enough. And Shane's always been kind of that Jack Diesel dude. And, right. And I'm like, hey, you want a job? He's like, yeah. So six months into it, uh, he's like, I want to start my own store. I'm like, now how about you be my business partner? So he bought in the company and the rest is history. They went second store, third store, fourth store, fifth, seventh, eighth, started franchising in one state, five states, nine states. And here we are. It just kind of blew up. And we just kept capitalizing on that, threw it into the next business and the next business and the next business. And uh, it's been fun. It's been a blessing. How long did it take you on that first store before you started seeing profit and actually got things rolling? Ten months. Really? Before I was in the black. Nice. Which I consider too long. I know most businesses, the national average is like 18 months. Yep. Uh, most of my franchisees are in the black and operational costs within 90 days. That's my goal is for them to be wow. in the black within 90 days on profits for month to month profits. Um, now, it's hard to do in your industry, too. It is really well, hard to do in my industry, but I have, uh, I have such a huge social presence anyways. And yeah. uh, we connecting prever- you know, presence the way we, we approach things and the structure we have for our franchisees as well that I come out and I go on the ground with everybody. I love being in the shop. I didn't start this company to push paper. You know, I got to do it like 20 hours a week. That's the worst part of it. It is the worst part. But it's also when you own it, it, you don't trust anyone else. It's your baby. Yeah, you, know? you don't do trust anyone else with yeah. it. So. Yeah, we have a really good model. And honestly, when I started here in Omaha, there were 11 or 12 more nutrition stores than there are right now. Dang. Yeah, you got to think. I went against Complete Nutrition when they first opened here, and this is their home base. You know, this is their headquarters. They're gone. And you yep. had children at the time? Or yeah, I had, I, had, uh, I had two kids. And a th- I'm going to make me do some math here. I think a third one on the way right when I started. Yeah. So. Wow, that had to have been. Uh... Well, my, my theory was this. Um, they don't know any better. And if we live like we're broke. They'll never, they'll never, never become entitled. It's only uphill from here. That's it, you know, and that's and that's exactly it. And and it's my kids will attest to this this day that um, they're like, where'd we get our couches from, Menards? Why did you buy a couch in Menards? Because I have you people. There's no sense in owning any nice because you're all going to destroy it anyways. Yep. I have six kids and three dogs. There's no chance of me owning anything. That's so I'm, I'm good with that. You know, I don't. I'm not a materialistic guy though either. Like it's not my my role. But you know, my it was it was tough when you had the pressure of having kids to feed. You know, it's one thing for yourself. You know, when I heard my first company, I started when I was 19, when I was in college, I was homeless for four months, sleeping in my car. It was a 38 foot long Oldsmobile. Don't feel bad for me. It's like a three bedroom apartment, man. I think it was like huge. I had Christmas lights on the inside. It was super badass. <laughs> and the college found out made me get a dorm. But, and, uh, but you know, when you have kids, it's different because you want to make sure you can feed them. They're comfortable yep. or whatever. But at the same point, you know, time with your kids is more important than them getting the new toy. I mean, I guarantee my kids, if you ask them, me sitting down to play video games with them is more important than them getting the brand new bicycle or the brand new this or that. I mean, everything my kids got for the first five or six years that we started companies was all hand-me-down. Most of their toys they got for Christmas, stuff I bought on Craigslist. I don't think any of them ever got a brand new bike. To this day, they don't. It was also my body, but it's just what I had to do to hustle and grind. You had to just pinch pennies, make sure it was worth their time. And, uh, you know, the, 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 I was spending time with them more than anything else. And But also, being be a business owner, involved, you involve your kids. Yep. My kids go to every show, every, I put them to work. They listen, man, I grew up on the farm, so kids got to work. And so I'll put them to work. Man, it's really hard to tell a seven-year-old kid no when he's trying to pass you a sample of a protein cookie because he just, you know, <laughs> uses his, I teach him how to sell right from the get-go. And my daughter's coming to work for the companies and, and uh, all my kids, they actually like that, like making money. So, I, you know, they they take it with pride because their name's on the door. So That actually leads me to something I wanted to ask you. I know your daughter has the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. gene. I see her on social media. Yep. How do you work with your kids to make sure that they're not going to be entitled and that they're going to have that work ethic that you have? Oh, easy. I give them no money at all. That'll do it. Um, my daughter came down halfway through her senior year and we had, we had, we had changed her from a public school to a private school her senior year just because she wasn't liking it a whole lot. I'm like, okay, we'll try it. You know, I went to a private, you know, school and I thought, you know, maybe a smaller class size might benefit her. And it did. She did really well. And she, but, you know, in this, you know, private schools are like, to, teachers are still programming their kids that, oh, you got to go to college. It's all about college. Bullshit it is. My right. diesel mechanic that I know makes more money than anybody else I know. You know what I mean? The plumber, I have to call because I don't know how to fix that at my gym and I need it done. And it's a Saturday. I know he's getting paid a couple hundred sticks an hour. I'm like, trades uh, are needed. Trades are needed. And, and the thing is, an entrepreneurship's a trade. And so yep. I look at it. You're not going to learn any business school from this. Absolutely. Um, Sales is a trade. And so she came down middle of the night, like one o'clock in the morning, wakes me up. She's got his She's got this book out. She's got a business plan. She's like, what do you think? You know, she's like, I can't tell me about my school. They'll still freak out. I go, I who cares what they think? Just, But if, you, if you're if you worried about it, just tell them you're going to Metro or something. You get your gen eds, make it sound smart, and just just go on you. And she's like, how am I going to afford this? I'm like, well, you got graduation coming up. You got some you got some bread there. You got some money in your savings account. Spend it. Well, will you guys help me out? I go, I will help you buy your first LLC. 
That's what it did. It's like two hundred bucks, two hundred and sixty-five dollars, <laughs> and it was kind of a current birthday and Christmas present. Um, on her nineteenth birthday, she got her first LLC, and that was it. And she's like, "Well, this all this stuff's expensive." I said, "Listen, if you don't bet on you, no one else will ever." When I started Rexius, I, I mean, my parents they watch these things. Um, they they said no. Yeah. I offered them the chance to invest. They said no. I want to go into that too. When you said when you first started the Rexius uh, yeah. nutrition shops. That you sold everything, that, that you went all in. All in. And so... I sold so much shit on Craigslist, my kids thought they were next. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Craigslist and eBay. I mean, everything was sold. When you're starting a new company and you have a new idea, you have to bet on yourself, right? Because oh, yeah. nobody else will. Nobody believes and, you. And there's always going to be haters, too. There's always going to be people saying, no, you can't do that. Um, and actually, that's a good sign, though. You know, when there's yeah. people telling you, no, you can't do that, that means that you're on the right track, at least for me. So when I, I, I went to college, I don't have uh, degrees like you. I, I, I learned everything through the school of hard knocks and just trial and error. And I paid a lot of money on the mistakes that I've made, you know. Yeah. Um, but I went to college and, and I only made it a semester and I left. And all my, all my friends said, well, what are you going to do? Oh, my God, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to go start a lawn snow landscape company. You know, and they're like, yeah, right. All right. Yeah, we'll see you back at your, you know, your mom's house or whatever. And, and uh, I went and started the company, you know. Yeah. I mean, you have to be your biggest supporter. You have to make sure that you're that you're moving forward. Well, that's it. You gotta you gotta bet on you, and um, but also when it's on you, you don't have time to make excuses. You don't have time to let little things, I guess, in the, in the right way. Like it's being. I, I said this in another podcast. It's called being impatiently patient. And that's what you have to be as an, I mean, it's, and it's honestly, it's, 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 it's already what, done. It's what Time we do as parents too, slow. really. Okay. So you may be impatient enough that you're never satisfied with where you're at, but patient enough to understand that it's going to take a long haul. Everybody right now with social media thinks it's, it's a sprint. It's not, it's a marathon. Yep. You know what I mean? Like everybody can sprint 10 yards, but not to people want to run 20 miles. I mean, I, I mean, the people who want to run 20 miles. Endurance, like, man. Endurance. Gotta, and gotta it gotta is. And, it. and so I'm never satisfied where I'm at, but you know, I'm patient enough. Um, I think being a dad prepared me for that, though, too. I think being patient as a parent, understanding, like, you know, I think uh, Tony Robbins did a thing on this, and, and this has been by a lot of business owners or a lot of business motivational speakers, is like, how many chances do you give a kid to learn to walk? You don't. You say you just keep giving patient, you keep working with them until they learn to walk. Nobody's walking around it. Nobody's at 20 years old not learning. My parents never taught me how to walk. No, because that's what we do. I think being a parent, being a dad prepared me for some of that because... You know, just it, it conditions you a certain way. And then, two, you also have someone else that's re, that you're responsible for. I think being a dad, like if I had, I tr had I tried to do this at 23 before I had kids, I don't know if I'd have been as successful as I did when I was 29 just because of that motivating factor that, you know, I love my kids dearly and knowing that, okay, I got to figure this out, which made me drop my ego too, which is something else business owners, I, we all need to be cognizant of. Is Absolutely. That, you know, are you Everybody open? struggles with that. Everybody struggles. And it is. And it's, 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 you know, and this is like people think because of my company and how big it's gotten and how well we've done that I make it. I'm not. Like if a 16 year old employee's got a good idea, I want to hear it. Because that reminds it, me that one of the times I went into Iron Heaven, it was 3 a.m. because I had to shoot some videos for an info product <laughs> I was launching. I forgot about this. And then Tim is the only one in the gym, of course, besides me, and he's mopping the floors. And this is, I mean, this wasn't. 10 years ago when he was first starting out, this was like six months six ago, maybe. Months ago, yeah. So 3 a.m., he's got six kids at home, multiple companies, stays in shape, takes care of all these people, and he's mopping the floor <laughs> in his gym at 3 a.m. Yeah, so basically on social media, some people live in these fake lives to impress people they don't really care about, and it's all fake. With me, you're going to get... It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Real. And like me, you're going to get you're gonna get completely real. You know what I yep. mean? And and it's just, it's what it is. Like, yeah, chat produces great content, makes me look good. But for the most part, like, I don't, I don't re-rehearse anything. We don't cut shit unless we, like, off the cuff. unless I spill something on the table or something. Like, completely. <laughs> but or not, it's just, or, it, or I come off the cuff, guys. half my stuff's just live. And yeah, it's just how it is, you know, but that it's like best social media in general, people just look for, trying to look perfect and look for a place to bitch. And that's, you know, we had talked before we started the podcast about me competing in bodybuilding on keto. And I had to tell a bunch of my friends, like, quit tagging me on posts trying to defend keto because of the social media warriors, keyboard warriors who just you know are copy and pasting crap from Google or talk to their one uncle twice removed that was a doctor who got his degree back in 1974 who's a little out of date. And I'm like, I don't have time for that crap. I'm here to make money. I'm not here to you know sit here and defend it. And you know, like listen, if your big mission in life is to tell people that one diet is stupid, you seriously got to find a better cause. Like I mean, there's absolutely yeah, go help kids keep kids from starving in some country or people from getting abducted. But if your number one issue in life is telling people that keto is stupid, good God, good for you. 
And, uh, I mean, you're obviously not an entrepreneur because you wouldn't have the kind of time to just bitch about shit. So yeah, but, get a know, hobby, get, yeah, exactly. But you know, and, and speaking like we talked about competing and bodybuilding and it's, uh, yeah, keto is a different animal though. You know, I mean, you've done it, right? So we both experimented with keto a little bit, um, more on like the fasting side and then eating uh, keto in between fasting, um, fasting, what, what we found is fasting will get you into ketosis a lot quicker, obviously. Oh, yeah, big time. Real quick. um, so, but yeah, I bought the keto piss strips and, and did oh, yeah. the whole deal and kind of experimented with what can I eat, how much, you know, can I have a sugar-free Red Bull, can I have pre-workout, you know, whatever it is, it'll kick you out. Um, and so I actually like keto because I love steak. Uh, it's, I kind of took more like the carnivore diet approach with keto yeah. um, to where I just ate like fatty ranch salads and huge steaks every night and it was Steak great and eggs is what yeah, i like fast all meal. day long and then just oh, eat yeah. a huge meal you know before bed um for me and i know everybody's different and i i really haven't i don't have the knowledge that you have and i haven't dove into it as far as you have um but for me it was great for fat loss but it wasn't as good for actually building muscle i think that's the case with a lot of people um you know it just depends on their natural genetics is really what comes to it. Like i said is this diet for everybody no it's not i mean is it great for some sure um, it also comes down to parameters. People, the biggest mistake, people confuse Atkins with keto. They're two completely different oh, yeah. things. As, that got by, that got me banned from one of the former biggest losers. I'm trying not to get sued here. Uh, coaches <laughs> from Band Manor, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook feed because I called her a moron. But I mean, they're they're so completely different. So Atkins, you can eat as much protein and fat as you want as long as you don't have carbs. Uh, and ketogenic dieting has a moderate levels of protein, high yeah. amounts of fat, low amount of carbs. And the moderate level of proteins is huge. This is also where people right? it's hard for them to grow muscle. You know, 20 to 25 percent yeah. depends on the person. Like there's a moderate level. If you have too much protein, your body goes into gluconeogenesis, where it converts excess proteins into sugars thus never burning fat because your body wants sugar you have to force it so that's where the fasting comes in play because i want to deplete all the blood sugar and then force it into ketosis now kind of for the first couple times that takes that takes a couple days people get keto headache keto flu and all those side effects not realizing that you can get rid of that in about two minutes like literally just take exogenous ketones you go it's the only time i ever sell keto products in my stores i'm 100 honest with customers i'm like well did i take this every day nope Day three and day four, and then give it to a friend. Fast. I've always done um, like s different salt drinks and stuff. Well, sure, you know, again, it's called BHB salt. So, yep, like you know, like um, and BHB salts are exogenous ketones. They're synthetic ketones yep. specifically. So you go for, spend ten bucks in my store. Game so if you start getting that lightheaded feeling. That's time to get ketones. You finally get an energy some, source, some pink salt, and, you feel and that will better. help your body pop into ketosis and yep. learn to burn fat. So they only have a very short period. You can get rid of it super easy. And I've had people come into our gym. They're like, I'm on keto on day three. I'm like, here's a sample. And like two minutes later, they're like, holy shit. I go, I know, right? I mean. It's not, it's so easy, but you know, to be able to bodybuild on keto, which I won in Los Angeles three years ago, I won the overall classic and it was like, you're on keto. I'm like, yeah, well naturally you just need to know where your blood work is. Blood work's the great equalizer. It's going to tell you where you're at. And so you won the classic on keto. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was down to 4% body fat. I mean, it was, it was, you know, I think in my high class, there were five or six other guys. The next oldest was 21. I was 36 this time. I smoked them. And so they're all like 20 pounds of their weight limit. And I got there and I was two pounds over. So I had to go dump some salt to get water out of my body. And and with the morning show, none of them returned for the night show. Like it wasn't even, I was automatically <laughs> overall. It was fun. And they're all like, feel good. And all these hashtags, my bodybuilding dad, my bodybuilding grandpa, because they had a little bigger hair, you know, and I loved it. And, uh, well, you know, my natural IGF-1 response when you if you if you get blood work, mine's very very high. It's very common in NFL athletes that I'm able to put on mass extremely easily. So, like 100 grams of carbs, or uh, even as low as 100 grams of carbs for me, I'll gain. I'll gain like a sip. I, my I eat less, I I too, I eat less yeah. calories than my wife does usually on prep, literally. And I'm you know I'm 260 pounds right now, and it's it's not. You know, just as I'm, I was on 224 on stage, so that was as low as I got. And, but, you know, bodybuilding for keto is a little bit different. For, it depends on the guy. So I, I was a keynote speaker at the Omaha Expo, Health Expo, and, and they asked me to do a keto diet. And, I'm like, and I know the guy who runs the thing. I'm like, you just want me to get in arguments with people. So first thing I did was step up. I said, okay, how many doctors and nurses are here to bust my speech? It's like, okay, I'm super nice. Seven people raised their hands. I'm like, glad you're here. And I threw up seven rounds of blood work. I need a different kind of keto diet every seven days for seven weeks. And I got blood urinalysis and CBC with differential every Monday to show that, yeah, you can make the keto diet unhealthy or healthy depending on how you eat. So I did what called the gas station diet. We're over on 120th and center. I ate nothing but food from a gas station for seven days. Literally, all all my meals with all uh, pistachios, almonds, dogs, and sausage, yeah, and all that, dogs. all the stuff. And I lost four pounds that week. Um, but my cholesterol went up 11 points. 
to prove that no, this you cannot eat bacon and butter all day and really think it's going to be healthy long term. Healthy keto and you know and clean so, keto, dirty keto. And so I end up going into like using coconut oils, almond oils, uh, macadamia oil, all those kind of oils, um, and just changing my fat sources up to things with omega threes, omega sixes. Depending if you have like if you have low blood pressure, you take omega six it'll raise your blood pressure before training. If you have high blood pressure, take omega three; it's going to lower it. So you just kind of a little bit of science, you know. And so after seven weeks, I lost twenty four pounds, dropped my LDL cholesterol ninety six points, ninety seven points, and uh, and they're like, "What happens in a couple of years?" Well, people realize I did keto for three years, so I threw up a three year blood work, and it was the lowest; it was pristine, way way better. And then they people go, well, always fall back on that. Well, what if Facebook ads end? Well, what if you're okay. not making money anymore? Well, well, what if well, what? Well, let's just say <laughs> keto's been around since nineteen twenty. It's not new. There are people who've had been on the keto for forty or fifty years. I've seen their blood work. I threw it up on stage. They're like, well, how? I go, because they're allergic to anti-epileptic drugs. So if you're allergic to them or you have bad reactions and you have epilepsy, the keto diet uh, will actually get rid of your epileptic seizures. It's one of the only like known consistent cures for endometriosis for women. Like it's got a lot of health benefits, but you gotta be smart about it. If you if you literally cannot go into a diet, especially if you're trying to lift, boys, and think you can eat bacon five times a day and and, and, and stuff's gonna be good, then I can't help you. So what does your diet look like? Sorry for to cut me, you Depends. You can make, you can do keto with intermittent fasting. You can just do your six you know your six meals like a traditional bodybuilding diet. So mine's going to be you know uh, I do some beef, but I don't eat fatty beef. I eat like 96 percent lean. 96. I I add my my fats in. I'll add in coconut oil. I'll add in olive oil. Macadamia oil is really great for releasing growth hormone at night. Um, so every once in a while, if I'm gonna have a little a little peanut butter or whatever, you can do those as long as you track your macros. Uh, so a lot of chicken, turkey, some beef, salmon, uh, almonds, pistachios by the pound. I love them. Uh, <laughs> avocado. Yeah, I keep it mostly healthy. So I try to go from saturated fast to eventually transitioning into unsaturated fast to sp- speed my metabolism. And so you can actually lose weight just from switching from you know whole food source fats to oils. Keep the same amount of calories and you'll lose five, 10 pounds like that because your body's going to digest them at a faster rate. So it's just understanding the science. You got to play around with it. But for me, like you talked about, like I've always seen if, if sugar alcohol is affecting me, my first coach, you're going to have him here on next. First time we did yep. keto. Oh, you can't have, you can't have sugar alcohols, can't have Coke Zero. I'm like, man, that's like part of my life. Like you can't, what do you mean? Well, it was kick out of ketosis. Sure rebel, man. So you just go, you know, energy drinks. Well, let me have anything for like six months. Really? I figured out. So I, I'll get a blood glucose tester from Walgreens for 14 bucks and test my blood. Did it affect and impact my glycogen? Where am I at? And if it didn't, I'm good. And if it did, I know that it's actually making my body go into gluconeogenesis. And then you just got to test yourself. Like I didn't buy the keto strips because this is pointless. I mean, test your blood glucose. Test your blood glucose in the morning. See what your resting blood glucose rate is, and see what it is after meals an hour and two hours later. I just didn't want to poke so. my fucking finger every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm not, I was like, yeah, piss on something or poke my finger. Yeah, I think I'll piss on something. Yeah, my problem is I better piss on my hand or something. So, anyways, but yeah, it was fun. It's harder to get a pump. It is definitely so. That's yeah. Uh, like, so one of the brands I started VHI, we made a product called Vascular that is a very high induction amount of uh, helps you get that pump. They really a lot of citrulline, a lot of glycerol. Now the carnivore diet is put you in a ketosis as well, right? It can absolutely as long as your protein consumption is underneath that. So point. when you look at ketosis, if your protein's too high, it won't though. Like so point, yeah. so for a guy lifting, I go 0.7 grams per body pound. So if you weigh 200 pounds, it's 140 grams. If you're not lifting more than like twice a week, then I do about 0.6. That's kind of my number. And then I don't know anybody that can go over 0. 0.7 and still be still be in ketosis. Yeah, it seems so high. 0. 0.7 is as high as I can go without popping myself out of ketosis. Hmm. So, and that's if you look back into like caveman days, though, when, yeah. when they didn't have all this processed shit, carbs weren't readily available. Available. It was a lot of fasting in between meals, and then whenever they did eat, there was a lot of meat. You know, I guarantee you, back then, a lot of people were in ketosis all the time. Oh, probably all the time. I mean, it just depends on like what they're what what, what and they're, so if what they lived available. and evolved into us, and they're they're fine. Then we should bear. I mean, well. that's just it for me. Like blood work's the great equalizer. Like you know, honestly, if you don't want to go to your doctor, order your own blood work online. I did that stuff for years. I, I would go to Quest Diagnostics here in town, order it online, and there's private MD labs. There's a hundred of them. They, and that goes with any diet. You, you know, should train just healthy. just train healthy, and then go yep. get some blood work. See what's going on inside. I mean, nobody's. Absolutely. I mean, otherwise you're just guessing. Yep. I mean, so the fact is, some people can do it. Some people, you got to figure out your genetics. Some people are born, like, have a fast metabolism. Some don't. Like, I mean, that's just it. So, why wouldn't you go check it out and see where you're at and see what diet's actually working for you internally as well externally? I mean, I can take a lot of things to make myself look huge, but I don't know. It's not going to make me real healthy. I want to live to see 75, 85, 90 years old. So, we got kids, man. Exactly. I have six of them. So, I'm going to be working a long time, man. I'm. 
My oldest is 19. My youngest is 10 months. I got a long road ahead. How, how do you juggle running all these businesses, staying fit while having six kids and raising six kids? Honestly, it's, it's a lot of what we talked earlier about me being there. And sometimes my hours are long. It is. It's sometimes I got to train. Like lately, I've been training super early in the morning. I'll leave my house by 4.45, 5 a.m., get my cardio, get my lifting on, just done. Because, you know, with kids, shit comes up. Like, I don't know. And all of a sudden, somebody's got to get picked up from dance or somebody's got to go to baseball practice or, you know, somebody's sick. And, and I mean, I got six kids. So, I mean, there's a good chance that at least once a week, one of the kids is going to call to get picked up, you know, because they're sick. So I, I just get it done in the morning. So it's off my list. Like It's one of those things like one it starts my day. I believe energy breeds energy. So I just start my day off training. If you Absolutely. look at most successful CEOs, yep. they start their day off physical exercise. Get no momentum going. Get it going. Energy breeds energy, you know, and, and, that's, and that gets me into staying on diet for guys who are training, I feel so much easier after I've trained in the morning to stay on diet all day long because I feel like I'm feeding my muscles all day long. It keeps me on check. Plus you have more energy. You know, more alert, more oh, aware. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I, I'm a horrible dieter. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I, I have, I, it's I the want nothing. Thing for me, man. I want nothing but crap food, man. My kids are walking around eating Pop Tarts. I'm like, let, let dad get on some of that, you know? And, and so for me, if I feel like I'm feeding my muscles all day, then it'll keep me on point. And so it's just easy for me to get over in the morning. And then, you know, work-wise, sometimes it means I got to take off early, go hang out with the kids, wait for them to go to bed, and I have to go back to work. So priorities is a big deal to me. Yeah. You know, so anytime you're running a business, I'm a single father. Um, I'm a single full-time father. I have my son 24-7. So the, the nice thing about running a business is that you get to have a flexible schedule. So yes. you can get off if you need to at this time to go hang out with your kids or do whatever you need to do. Now that that time usually has to be replaced, so that's when it comes into you know late at night when you're talking about working after the kids go to yeah. bed. But for me, it's priorities. So what's what's more important? And I've talked about this on a previous podcast. But what's more important? Spending spending that time with my son that I'm never going to get back, exactly. or that sales call that I can make at a different time, or that book work that I can do later that night. You know, so it all comes down to priorities. I, I think it is. People, I mean, I don't sit around. Thinking about the missed opportunities uh, with business, I'm like, hey, I'm just going to do what I can do to the best of my ability, Absolutely. the best I can. But you got to rank priorities at a list, you know. And for me, um, it just comes down to the person you are, where your morals and values are, you know. So, you know, my faith, right? It's number one, it's supposed to be there. It's my wife, and my wife's a baller. I definitely outkick my coverage. She's, I mean, she's way out of my league, but good thing I'm funny. And then it's my kids. And the business comes after that. Now, the business is my seventh child. Don't get me wrong. I have it on that level. But my kids know they're, they're above that. And so I just, I rank, and that's just how I have to rank my life. Um, I, I, and it's... I'd rather have a loving family than all the money in the world. Uh, honestly, this whole thing you could know, go, this so. whole thing, my entire nutrition industry could be gone tomorrow. And it really could. You never know. You, re, you elect the wrong person. Um, that doesn't like my industry. The FDA wants to shut down the nutrition industry in a heartbeat, and they, they've been trying that for 30 years. Um, and, I mean, if something could get passed tomorrow, it shuts me down completely. And that's, you know, that's why I've diverted myself into membership-type businesses as well as retail, as well as wholesale, all those things. I've been, I'm not been, having your eggs all in one basket. I'm, asking, I'm, I'm really, you know, branching that's myself out. I've been but, working on the last two but, years. But, you know, it, it, it could go away tomorrow, but then day I got my kids. I'm fine. You know, it's, you know, I'll, I'll be good. I got to work ethic. I'm not scared. And I'm not, you enjoy the struggle, too. So I do. I, I, honestly, like I, I constantly keep and... starting new shit because I like the process <laughs> so damn to much, you know. I've realized that I'm always going to be able to make money. I'm always going to be able to hustle. Yes. I'm always going to be able to you do got the talent and you, got, and you got the experience of what so. I'm doing. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, if I've got a healthy child, um, that's all that fucking matters to me. Oh, exactly. yeah, that's number one. I think it's like I started this company and when you start first on entrepreneur, you have a lot of hours, but you can make a little bit of time when you need to. And, and the thing is, every one of my kids, I've been the chaperone on the kindergarten field trip to the zoo. I was room mom number five. I was like the first dad to go. Last <laughs> year, I was the only dad to go. And I always go. I, I try to chaperone. I've never missed a even, field trip. Even when our oldest daughter was in high school and junior prom, Lexi, or, uh, Brittany and I uh, literally just surprised her. We chaperoned post-prom just to piss her off. Because I was like, yeah, whatever. I mean, because that's that's the kind of dad I want to be. I don't want to give up those memories. And if you, if there's a well, there's a way. It's like anything. If you want it as bad as you want to breathe, you'll figure out how to do it. You'll make time. There's Absolutely. no call. There's no Life call that's more important. You know, there's no call that's more important than your kids. And, and, and that's, you know, it just is what it is. And if your customer or your or your partner doesn't understand that, then, you know, I mean, honestly, the best way to screw them. There, there's how many billions of people on this planet? They don't understand how many that. hundreds of millions of companies. Like, you know, there, there's more opportunities. If you grind and you have a good service and, you, and you're willing to work hard, you'll find another customer that's not an asshole. 
pretty much it. My customers, honestly, we close on Mother's Day. We close on Father's Day because we are parents. I get a lot of shit for that from a lot of competitors of mine. And yet they're all going out of business and I'm not. It's an amazing me because I'm like, no, I'm not asking any of my employees to work and miss their mom on Mother's Day or their father on Father's Day if I'm not willing to miss mine. So I shut on those. Days. I shut down on those days. It's because you brought that family atmosphere. It into is. Your it, business. It's a family, and I, my employees are family to me. They yeah. always are. They're at my house. They're. I can't tell you how many times I've had employees of ours like <laughs> crash at my house or whatever, or how many were like, you know, treat me like they called the Bank of Rex America, like, hey man, I need new tires. All right, <laughs> let's, let's go, let's go. I mean, but that's just it. They're like, they're all like, they're all family to me. They are, and that's why all my business partners now are people who used to work for me, and I made them like officially family. Now they're now they own part of every one of the companies that I'm part of. So let me ask you this: if you could go back, say like ten years, and talk to twenty nine year old Tim. What advice would you give them about either starting the business, starting the family, life, whatever it may be? Honestly, in the business side of things, I was so anti-corporate because I left corporate America that I didn't do everything I could have to, to, to be both things. I was so... Like, listen, I'm wearing flip-flops to work, and I don't care. But, can, but I didn't do the other things I needed to do with, like, chamber meetings and still put the suit on when you need to do it to play both hats, be small business, but also show where you want to be, and that's the big CEO. I didn't play that well. I think maybe it's because I had come from corporate, and I was, like, I was still just young enough and dumb enough to be like, screw it, I'm going to do my own thing. And I needed to uh, – probably be a better student of of that part of it Act as, as if as I, as if and i didn't do that i just i went to my role like i knew i had major ambitions and people believed in me but i didn't elevate myself to where i where i wanted to be fast enough and i think i regret that because i really didn't get involved in chambers and in meetings and guest speakings until i was five years into it i kept turning the stuff down i was like no nah, i don't need that shit every i'm, I'm me i'm I, I i narrowed myself into a demographic of just this is what i like I like to bodybuild. I like to lift heavy shit. And that was my focus where I'm like, you know, and, and as I grew older and my kids got older, it's like, no, I mean, I, I want my parents to get stuff for their joints and, and their cholesterol. And I want my kids to have some gummy vitamins that aren't from Target that suck and they're overpriced anyways. And I, I not I came because my family got bigger and I got older was I kind of focused on whole family nutrition. And so from a business aspect is I just, I narrowed my focus too much to what I was into and not looking at the entire community. Um, personally wise, um, you know, I don't have a lot of regrets with my kids. I don't, I mean, I've done the absolute best I can and, and I, I don't, do I wish That's I all you can do. I do I wish I could have gave my kids nicer stuff, possibly like a better bike than the training wheels that fell off? Yes and no, because it still was a hell of a funny story watching that thing go fly off that I got <laughs> like the day before from some dude's garage sale. But um, but my kids are I don't regret in the fact that they're gonna grow up with that same mentality that's not materialistic, and I think that's invaluable in today's society. So not having everything growing up, I mean that probably helped you know, that, that will probably help them achieve their well, goals as they get older. Anyways. I think at 29, I was worried I was going to screw up my kids or yep. taking that big step. And I look back now at 39, 10 years later and I'm, I'm I've done very well in, in business and whatnot. And, and I'm now my parents have become like, like our friends, you know, like we go out and party with my parents cause now they're retired. And I'm, I'm like, man, I can't, I can't hang with these people anymore. <laughs> but I, I look back and I started talking to my, my dad and my mom and, and I'm like, Holy shit. You guys really didn't know what the hell you were doing either. Like, oh no, we we were winging it the whole time. I mean, you think like when, when you're like ten years old, you're like, that's your parents. They're like so mature, and I, I feel like such a like a giant child raising kids right now, realizing that that was my parents. Like that we're all in that boat, and it's okay. And I shouldn't have had any fear at 29 that they didn't know what the hell they were doing either. They were just going with their heart, trying to do the best they can, and that's all we can do. So the only thing I know is that I don't know anything. Exactly. You know, I mean, I, I, it's uh, trial and error. Oh, I, I, we're a blended family. So yep. I had my daughter was probably six or seven when Brittany and I got together. And, and all of a sudden I, I inherited two other daughters. I got blessed with two other daughters and, and, and Lexi, I ended up adopting and she, you know, she, her last name is Rexis now and she's the oldest. And all of a sudden I got a 14 year old daughter and I'm like, What's with all the hormones? <laughs> like I didn't grow up with my sisters; they're way younger than me. I'm like, I go, what's everybody crying all the time? And is it my fault? She's like, just buy them French fries and frosties, and you're good. I'm like, okay, so like, you know, once a month, just once a month, but I'm good. Like clockwork, and it, well, it is different. Like it's funny because you have sons; you can tell your sons no. It's easy. You're like, they're like, can I have it? Nope. <laughs> it, was, it just rolls off the tongue. Daughters, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> 
Things I have like, to look forward how to. How much is this going to cost? This sounds expensive. And the like, daddy comes out, you're like, oh, shit, man, I haven't had my wallet. She can, she can, <laughs> she can smell it on me. You know? That's so, why she's the entrepreneur. She doesn't take no. It's exactly, you know, and, and it was funny, you know, she she's changed from entrepreneur. She's still doing the business thing, but she's kind of getting to some other things. And she's like, is that okay? I'm like, be, like that's this is the point. You're 1920. Try everything. Yep. Fail, Find fail, it. Fail. Fail. Yep. Fail all the time because exactly. that's how you figure out what you really want to be when you're my age. And, and that's so, the only way to become successful. Exactly. You have to fail. I'm not going to stop. That's why I don't believe in any place trophies. You learn to lose. Yeah, Losing. Oh, 100%. Failure is the greatest teacher. I, mean, I think I took that from Yoda. I just watched Star Wars last night. So failure is the greatest teacher. It is. I mean, and the thing is, that's why I'm so against eighth place trophies and all this coddling crap. Failure is what teaches you. I mean, more than anything. Failure teaches you more than winning. Yeah, if you're not failing a lot, then you're not outside your comfort zone. I screwed up so damn much when I first started Rexy's. My business plan here was I was this big guy. I came from this big corporate world and made all this money, and I was getting my ass kicked. I was four months into it, and I was so in the deep in the red. I'm like, okay, got to drop the ego, ask for some advice. You should change this, that, or the other thing. Okay, I did, and boom, doubled and doubled and doubled. And doubled. I've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars getting to where I'm at. Oh, yeah. You know, it's oh. just – you pay for those lessons. I just, as a business owner, you just pretend like you meant to do it. That's just yep. it. You know, like, you know, that's yep. like, okay, I figured out three ways it doesn't work. It gets me that much closer to finding a way that it does. That's the so. thing. I, I like to say, I know we just said fail, but I like to say I never fail, but I fuck up all the time. Oh, yeah. But if, if, <laughs> exactly. if, if you take that failure and you grow from it, if you learn forward, from it, yeah. yeah, you didn't fucking fail. No. You know, it's, it's, that's part of it. It's all part of the process, man. And no one's ever perfect. There's always going to be things that you fuck up on. Oh, exactly. I mean, that's just, you know, and you'll get your kids will do it too, too. I mean, it's just one of those things that in their kids, like, well, Johnny's dad did this. Well, I'll kick Johnny's dad's ass. I don't <laughs> care. I mean, I'd say it's, okay, you should go live with them then. I mean, I'm, we just say it in such a sarcastic way in our house, but, you know, our house is the house where all the kids want to hang out. And I have them over. They have all their friends. I don't care. I want them to be around us. And, you know, we're very real with it. And, uh, they, they all know this. It's it's really a judgment-free zone in my house. Like, you know, it's it's you're held accountable. It's like the school nurse's office calls me. I'm like, well, Tyler says he's sick again, but I don't really believe him. I'm like, I'll come pick him up in 10 minutes. She's like, well, sir. I go, ma'am, he's 14. If he wants to get out of school and have to make up all that crap over his weekend, that's on him. It ain't on me. I'm not trying to coddle him. So that when he turns 19, also mom, dad are gone. He flunks out of college with a 0.8 GPA. Um, or if he, you know, doesn't pay his bills, gets kicked out and he's homeless. Like he's going to learn that shit now. Like if he wants to rack up the work for that's on him. I don't care. If he gets bad grades, all the, all the games, all the privileges go away. It's real simple for me. And I don't, I don't fight with my kids. Not I'm only like, that, if he wasn't sick, you probably put him to work. I what, would. What, when yeah, I was a kid, anytime I got kicked out of school or suspended or whatever. I didn't want to be I home. I was fucking working. My dad was going to make me do shit. Yep. So I was like, school was a break, you yep. know, but I'm like, I just, that's just how I am in my house. I'm like, listen, you guys are going to be count, held accountable for the decisions you make. And Absolutely. we don't do it in that negative way in our house at all. I never have. I'm like, listen, you chose this. That ain't me. Yeah, my little, my, my daughter, she broke her damn cell phone again. I'm like, that sucks. Like we're going to, uh, you know, CPR repair or whatever. And that's a hundred, that's 96 bucks. Mom, pay me. She's like, well, I don't, I don't know if it's in my checking account. I'm like, oh, it looks like I could just keep your phone. It's just how it is in my house. You made a choice. You're held accountable. I tell myself it. the same thing. So I got a nine-year-old boy. He makes his own lunch every single night, um, gets himself ready for school, brushes his own teeth, picks his own clothes out, puts his own clothes away. Um, and there'll be days, you know, we've got an event after school or something like that, and he's all pissed off when I pick him up from school because he forgot a snack that he was going to bring to this event. I'm like, well, sorry, man. Maybe that's a little too hardcore. But to me, I'm like, well, I mean, everyone's sorry, I'm not going to stop him and bail you out every single time. Now, if it's like once in a blue moon, sure. But you need to be accountable for your actions. We all can get a little bit of help, but I'm not trying to give them a crutch. I'll give them a leg up, but I will not give them a handout ever. Mm -hmm. Not even if I won the lottery. No. And our kids will be self-sufficient. So... A lot of kids nowadays are not self-sufficient. They can't do anything by themselves. Parents do everything for them. Oh, yeah. um, our kids will grow up doing things themselves, and that's how you become a successful adult. But I think that's how we raise our kids, too. And also, I've said this in a lot in my podcast, is that they've asked me about the outlook of society with all these generation, uh, give me, give me, give me, give me people. And I'm like, I go, I'm the bottom of your pit. They're like, really? I'm like, no, because... When I find employees, the same way as I look at my kids, that are the ones that want to work, that were raised correctly, their rise to the top will be so much easier and faster than ours, our parents, or our grandparents because they have less competition. So I'm raising six very futurely successful Absolutely. people because yeah. I've raised them correctly. that They're going to know how to grind. And so when the six other kids in the same competition are waiting for a handout, my kids are going to be like, it's mine. 
That's why you don't see me complain on Facebook. You won't. Not, you go on Facebook right now. You're not seeing me bitch, piss, or moan about anything ever. Instagram, Twitter, none. I don't because I'm sorry. I'm just incredibly grateful to be where I'm at. More keep than anything, positive, man. I keep it 100 yep. positive. And while you're busy sitting there complaining and all that kind of stuff, I'm making moves. Listen, and while, while you're, you're complaining, and while you're, you're whining negativity. about your boss and you're whining about this or that, I'm making moves. And the whole time I'm doing that, so by the time I'm 50, because I was willing to live like no one else is willing to, I'll be able to live like no one else can. Well, you spent your time complaining. I spent my time working. Yep. And that's just the way I look at it. My kids are raised the same way. So I've got asked a lot, like, what are you doing with these next generation of kids? I'm like, I'm like my kid's going to be your kid's boss. So that's how I look at it. I don't look at it negatively. And I'm like, I look at it as an opportunity. I tell my kids the same stuff. So My son will be more successful than me. I'm, I'm sure of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I've said a hundred times, I'm like, my kids, like, you're going to erect a statue in your honor. I'm like, I will. And then you guys will probably build one twice the size right next to it. So, <laughs> and I'm totally okay with that. I mean, exactly. that's, that's fine. And, and it's, uh, but you know, that, that makes me incredibly excited for the future more than anything else. I don't look at the future in a negative in a connotation. I look at an exciting connotation. Absolutely. I mean, there, there are things in my future here that um, I want to do that are going to affect my family, obviously. If, if I do run for office, if I do do those things, what I've been asked to several times, I'm just not ready to because my kids are young. And my daughter grew, or my wife grew up in a, in a family where there was a lot of political runnings, and that's a negative, especially in today's society. So there are some things I won't do for my ambition for my kids, and that would be one of them until they're older. Let me ask you this: This is something we want to ask all our guests because yeah. obviously the name of the podcast is "Dads Who Lift." What's it mean to you to be a dad who lifts? And that's a pretty vague question, so I almost want to tailor it off and have you think: How different would your life be if you never got into fitness at all? Honestly, by now, guys, I might be dead. I had uh, one uncle passed away at 37. I have two buddies of mine this year that passed away under the age of 40. Um, That's why I'm dropping weight now. And and, and fitness for me, like, I mean, in my stress level, if I want to be an entrepreneur, I'd be dead. I, I legitimately, I was extremely obese. I was already, I had six ulcers burst at 28, 29. They had me medications, this. They want me on, uh, you know, statins for life, all these other things. I'm like, this is some bullshit. And... Honestly, just from a health perspective, um, I'm afraid I might not be here right now, even at my age. And wow. it does happen. And secondly, um, confidence. Everything comes from confidence. And, and look good, feel good is an expression for a reason. I don't believe the biggest battle we face is heart disease. I don't think it's cancer. I think it's it's poor self-image. And I think it's depression. I think it all stems from that. If you look, if you walk you into a where you think you are. You are. You walk into yep. an interview. And you know you look good. It just changes Absolutely. everything. Or for that bank loan, or God, for some of us who've been divorced, we're gonna walk and go face an ex or whatever. And you know that you just you're at your prime. Shit is good, boys. I don't care what you walk into, and it means so much to so many people. It's so empowering, physically, mentally, spiritually, all those things. And so, lifting weights for me. Sometimes I'm bodybuilding. Sometimes I'm powerlifting. Sometimes I'm just going there for that baby pump on Friday night. You don't know what I'm talking about. Just so you feel good <laughs> doesn't matter. But that release just it, it's 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 contagious. It's exciting, and then you want everyone around you to know about it. It's like you're coming all the time, like the great Arnold. Yeah, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, the <laughs> pumping iron. I have the 25th anniversary. Like that's just me, but it. it but it, it raises is. your vibration too. It does. When you when you raise your vibration, that shit radiates. People can feel it. It's energy. it does. You know, you know some of my buddies got into it after I got back into it, and it was funny. At 36, when I competed, and I finally and I didn't put up a lot of pictures of myself because I just didn't want to be that kid. And so I threw them up. They were like, and I got so many guys I graduated with, guys who were younger, older than me. I'm like, holy shit. Looked the best of my life at 36 than I had ever looked before. Look well, you, give, than, you give me hope. And, and that was the, that's the thing, <laughs> yeah. though. But I had all these guys, like, you really think you get in the best shape of your life in your mid-30s? I'm like, guys, I haven't even begun. Like, I'm, I'm just now. I'm losing this weight now because I'm going to compete again at 40. And because I'm master's now, which I'm totally okay with. I got enough gray hair. I'll, I'll rock that shit. And, and the thing is, I'm going to look my best at 40 than I've ever looked in my entire life. And that, I mean, it's because I can use intelligence now versus just doing dumb shit when you're 20 because you can get away with it when you lift. You know, lifting sets of four, thinking I'm going to get ripped. Well, I just look like an offensive lineman at that point in time. So I can use science, intelligence, and I got, I got, I can afford to eat a little better now than I could when I was younger. How much and, of that to you is mindset and seeing it? That's all mindset. It's all it's mindset. It's all mindset. Yep. I mean, for me, 100%. It's, it's, it, it, anybody who's lifted knows if they quit lifting for a week. If you a deload or whatever, you take a little time off, like how just, you just don't like it. None of us do. Joel just did the next right now. When I'm on vacation, <laughs> I'll hit the gym in the hotel, no matter what it is, get a little pump. I'm not going to do anything crazy. I'm not going to do squats and shit on vacation, but I'm going to go do some curls. I'm going to do some presses. I'm going to do stuff, whatever. I got, we're in Mexico with my wife and my daughter went with me. Then I'm like, let's go hit the gym. 
went to the basement gym in Cancun and they went on to do, I'm like, delts aren't looking popping today. I got like 30 sets of delts, you know, just to get, just so I, because it is for me, but it is such a, my wife and I, we met at the gym. That's how we met. And, you know, she's competed, she's won, so she gets it. And, you know, it, it's, uh, for me, it's fun, whether it be sports or just for life in general. My dad, my parents, I grew up in how my parents worked out all the time. I grew up with seeing my dad go to the Y. My mom's doing all the jazzercise shit. Don't knock it. I did jazzercise once. It was horrible. <laughs> my brother threw up in the trash can. You look good in jazzercise. No, it was not. I don't. I don't flow like that. My little brother's got up on stage Maybe a with the instructor. <laughs> no, I wore. I went. I told her I'm, I'm. I'm going as your your son in regular clothes. My little brother's put on spandex. They had bands. Went on stage. My mom wanted it for as a Christmas present. So we went. Nice. I won't knock that shit again. It was horrible. I like. I lift. That's that's my thing. I lift. I like oh, to move. My cardio shit. is just. I lift faster. Dad's yep, exactly. Well, you know, <laughs> not. A group I'm joining. Um, <laughs> I love to lift on vacation because I'm usually eating like shit and the pump is insane. Yeah, the pump is massive. nuts because that's when I, especially I'm on keto and I go on vacation. Yeah, like this weekend I will not be on keto. I'm in Vegas. You can't do. Yep. You can't do Vegas no. on keto. No. Nope. I mean, I got to go to Hash House no and get the pancake that size. I mean, my pump's gonna be so. We'll be training when we're there, and plus I get to check out new gyms. And so owning two gyms is awesome. The reason we got all that equipment is from all my trips with Rexius or any other things I'm doing. I take pictures of equipment I like. And that's what's in Iron Heaven. So that's why you guys see us get new shit is Nick and I will travel. We're like, oh, we got to have that. And that's how we buy the stuff. Honestly, that's why it's such a smorgasbord of so many different pieces from different areas is because I'm like, I, I trained on it in Las Vegas or LA or New York or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's coming home. Yeah. And if you guys are in the Omaha area or uh, just visiting Omaha, definitely check out Iron Heaven gyms. I know Tim and Nick are both really cool about letting visitors from out of town or even in town come check it out for free. See how cool it is. Real dumbbells, real weights. Dumb, dumbbells up to 200 pounds, boys. We got real iron Steel. plates. The long, the, the heavier you drop it, the more we're going to clap for you. There is no lunk alarm. I really want to put a Ronnie Coleman alarm in there so like he yells something <laughs> cool if you drop it loud enough. But And you the know, biggest American flag ever. The, I, I, I said go big or go home, and it was a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. But, you know, turf, you know, apparatus, you, I don't care what it is. If you're coming there to train, we want you there. Tim, I know we could pick your brain all day, man. We got to cut this yeah. short, but we're definitely going to have you on again, man. Honestly, I have like a million questions just from someone who's fought that battle and succeeded so many times. So I really can't thank you enough for not only coming on the show, but letting us use your studio while we get ours up and running. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. This was a blast. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for checking out the Now or Never podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and follow Timothy D. Rexius on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. For links, go to timrexius.com. Can't lie, I'm doing well for my age. My dogs are the praying on my downfall. Well, they just choosing the casket, now they souls in the grave. I'm a star right, got a bark right. I induce pain, I am Luke Kane, makes a brood.